You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly, Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Fenway Park in Boston where the Guardians are opening up a two-city road swing, three here in Boston and then three in New York at the start of next week. Good show lined up for you today is coming up in a little bit. We'll hear from Guardians first baseman D.H. Josh Bell, also two rookie pitchers who won in their major league debuts on the last homestand. Both Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee were outstanding in their major league debuts, and we will hear from both of them about how it went, what was going through their minds, and maybe their stomachs as they were taking the mound for the first time at the major league level with great results. And we'll also hear from Guardian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio about the newest inductees coming up later this summer into the Cleveland Baseball Hall of Fame, Manny Ramirez and Dale Mitchell. That's all coming up shortly, but first, a look back at the week in review, and we take you back to last Sunday. Logan Allen on the mound for his Major League debut against the Marlins, and man, did he look like he belonged from the very first pitch. Now, here we go, the 24-year-old lefty, Logan Allen, with his first Major League pitch, and it's a fastball strike on the outside corner, and we are underway in downtown Cleveland, 46 degrees at game time. And Allen was ready to deliver pitch number two, but the home plate umpire Lance Barksdale said, hey, toss that ball out and have that as a keepsake. The payoff pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. And there it is, the first major league strikeout on the first hitter that Logan Allen faces in the big leagues. In the top half of the third inning, the Marlins took a lead with a solo home run from John Birdie. But in the bottom of the inning, the Guardians answered, starting with Jose Ramirez. The 1-2 is driven. High and deep. Left center field. Home run, Jose Ramirez. And just like that, the Guardians have turned it around and moved in front 2-1. to one. Number three on the season for Ramirez. And the next batter was Josh Bell. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Swung on and there's a high fly ball. Deep left field. Home run, Josh Bell. Back to back. And the Guardians lead it 3-1. to one. Bell with his second on the season. In the fifth, Ahmed Rosario doubled, and then Bell stayed hot at the plate. Here's the 0-2. Swung on, line to third. Fair ball. Down the line it goes. Scoring easily is Rosario. Bell is on his way to second. It's dug out in that corner in left field by De La Cruz. But Bell is in standing up with an RBI double 
and the Guardians take a 4-1 lead. And on the mound, Logan Allen continued his memorable debut outing. Logan T. Allen finishing up what's been a tremendous effort today in his Major League debut. The 1-2. Called strike three on the outside corner. If that's it, what a way to finish with his eighth strikeout. And he heads back to the dugout with the Guardians in front, 4-1, heading to the bottom half of the sixth inning. In the seventh, the Guardians added two more runs on a sack fly by Jose Ramirez and an RBI ground out from Will Brennan, making it 6-1 to one Cleveland. But in the eighth, Miami cut into that lead with a three-run home run off the bat of Abasail Garcia, and the lead was down to two at 6-4 to four Cleveland. But in the bottom of the eighth, the Guardians looking to add a little insurance, and sure enough, Jose Ramirez got it done. The pitch to him. He swings and drives it up the alley, right center field, and it one-hops the wall. Speeding toward third, being waved around is Rosario. Here he comes home, the throw, not in time. Safe at home is Ahmed Rosario. Into third is Ramirez, and the Guardians now lead it 7-4. to four. In the ninth, Emmanuel Classe was on, trying to close it out. Here's his 1-2 pitch. Swung on, ground ball, third base. Ramirez has it, fires for first, in time. And the Guardians are back in the win column. What a day for Logan Allen. His first major league win. And the big boys offensively got it going. And the Guardians win it by a final score of 7-4. to four. So a nice win to finish up the Marlins series. Miami did take two out of three. And the same thing happened with another rebuilding ball club from the National League as the Rockies came to town Monday. They handed the Guardians a 6-0 defeat and backed it up on Tuesday with a 5-1 win. So on Wednesday, again, the Guardians trying to at least salvage the finale of a series, and they were going to try and do it again with a young pitcher making his major league debut. This time it was Tanner Bybee, and he looked comfortable right out of the gate. Now the payoff pitch. A swing and a lunging pop-up. Foul, third base side. The catcher Cam Gallagher puts it away. How about that? A 3-2 breaking ball, and he had Crone lunging at it, and a pretty impressive first inning for the rookie in his debut, Tanner Bybee. They'll check his hand, as they do to all these pitchers now, and we do not have any kind of a Max Scherzer moment here. Half inning in the books. We are scoreless. And in the bottom of the first inning, the Guardians' offense gave Bybee an early lead thanks to Josh Naylor. Now the 0-2 pitch. Swung on and ripped into deep right field. This ball is gone. Well, that'll help. The Cleveland Guardians can finally say they lead. 2 to nothing Guardians on the two-out, two-run home run to right field for Josh Naylor. Guardians added to that lead in the fourth with back-to-back doubles, first from Andres Jimenez and then Oscar Gonzalez. Marquez delivers, and there's a swing and a high fly ball to deep left. That one's headed toward the wall, and it bangs up against the fence. Scoring is Jimenez. Into second, sliding is Gonzalez. He's safe at second base. Close play, but Gonzalez with the RBI double has put the Guardians in front 3 nothing. Meanwhile, on the mound, Bybee continued to impress. Tanner Bybee with the 1-2 delivery. 
Swing and a miss, strike three. As he tried to check it, couldn't do it. The appeal made to the first base umpire, and Lance Barrett rung him up. There's number eight for Tanner Bybee. Well, he's starting to reach some some rarefied air in terms of strikeouts as he continues to rack them up here through the fifth. Colorado did get on the board with a run in the sixth inning. That made it 3-1 to one Guardians. But that would be all as Eli Morgan took care of the seventh and then Trevor Steffen was on in the eighth. Steffen from the set. Here's the payoff pitch. And Bryant swings a weak chopper to short. Charged by Rosario. Gloves, throws, got him. Trevor Steffen cruises through the eighth. Cleveland with a 3-1 to one lead over Colorado. Will Brennan drove in a run with a ground out in the eighth inning. That made it 4-1 to one Cleveland, and that was plenty as Emmanuel Classe came on to finish things off in the ninth. Classe not wasting any time. Here it comes. A pitch swung on. Lazy fly to right. Will Brennan glove up, shielding his eyes. Makes the catch. Ball game. So the Guardians avoid the sweep. Tanner Bybee in his major league debut gets the win. Guardians four, Rockies one. Off day Thursday for the Guardians, and the opener of a road trip on Friday night came at Fenway Park in Boston. And they didn't waste any time, Cleveland didn't, grabbing the lead in the first inning. Stephen Kwan and Jose Ramirez reached base. Josh Naylor's sack fly made it one nothing, And then Josh Bell knocked in one more. Now the pitch. Swung on, hit high in the air. Deep left field. Looking up at the wall is Duran. Now he leaps at the wall and it's off the green monster. Into second is Bell. Into scores. Ramirez, 2-0 Guardians. In the second inning, Will Brennan reached and stole second. And then Miles Straw came through. Now the 2-2. Swung on, drilled to right. That's a base hit. Brennan hits third. He's being waved home. Verdugo comes up throwing to second. Guardians lead it. Three to nothing. So the stolen base by Brennan, and then a rifle shot the other way by Miles Straw, and this is Guardians baseball from a year ago. Boston scored a run in the bottom of the second to make it a three to one ball game, but in the fourth, Mike Zanino got the run right back with one swing. Here comes Pavetta's one two delivery. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. This one's hit well. Yoshida is back, looking up, and it's gone. A home run for Mike Zanino. It just made it over the monster and left. Front row of the monster seats, and the Guardians are now in front 4-1. to one. Boston cut into the lead with a run in the fifth inning, but Shane Bieber was terrific on this night, and he stayed on track. Back out there getting the job done in the seventh. The pitch. He bangs one on the ground to the second baseman. Jimenez gobbles, throws, and how about that inning? Shane Bieber gave up the leadoff double, then got the next three hitters, only made 12 pitches in the inning. Bieber's had 99 pitches through seven superb innings, and he'll finish his night going seven innings, giving up two runs, and the guards lead 4-2. to two. We go to the eighth at Fenway. Boston threatened again in the eighth inning. They had runners on the corners with just one out, and this time it was Trevor Steffen trying to hang on to the lead. Steffen hands at the belt. He lets it fly, and Casas hits a ground ball to the second baseman. Jimenez drops to a knee, straightens, throws to first. What a job by Trevor Steffen. First and third, one out. Boston does no damage. 
Guardians still lead 4-2 to two going to the ninth. Then in the ninth inning, the Guardians still looking for some more insurance when Will Brennan came to the plate. And he hits a line shot to deep right. Down the line it goes. Near the pesky pole. Gone for a home run. He wrapped it around pesky pole. 302 feet down the right field line. And Will Brennan has his first home run. And the Guardians have a 5-2 lead. And that three-run lead was plenty for Emmanuel Classe in the ninth as he came on to close things out. Now the set, now the 0-2. Swinging a chopper to third. Big hop handled by Ramirez. Throws across the diamond. Ball game. And game one of this road trip starts in Fenway and ends with a Cleveland win. The Guardians dump the Red Sox 5-2. So a promising finish to what was a frustrating start to the week as the Guardians will head into play on Saturday, having won two straight. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Guardians first baseman D.H. Josh Bell. That comes your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Baseball, basketball, pickleball. Those are sports, and people love sports. If you love sports, you should know this. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Does saving have anything to do with sports? No, the people love sports, so I'm yelling sports out. Hockey, swimming, golf. Not all sports have the word ball in there, so save big when you switch to Progressive. Go sports teams. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Fenway Park in Boston, where the Guardians are scheduled to play at 4.10 on Saturday afternoon and then come back and finish the series at 1.35 on Sunday afternoon. The weather reports are not good, but maybe a little more promising for Saturday than they appear to be for Sunday. But we'll wait and see, and perhaps they can get both games in before heading to New York for the series that starts on Monday. Josh Bell, the designated hitter and first baseman who was signed in the offseason to bring some power and uh, RBI opportunities to the Guardians. He's had a slow start to his season at the plate, but lately things have been turning around, and he says that's just part of the ups and downs in a long season. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, 30 at-bats can sway one way or another, um, but, you know, happy to you know, finally be hitting around my playing weight a little bit, um, and hopefully I have more to come and, and more to show you guys. When you talk about getting in a good stretch, how fine a line is it between having some success out there and, and being in the stretch yard now and then having some stretches where it's a tough go? I think it's just having the ability to have quality at-bats. Um, you know, there was a stretch there before I kind of caught fire where, 
you know, I strung together five or six quality at-bats, didn't get the results that I wanted, uh, might have gotten a hit or two there, um, but that started everything. You know, I stopped chasing as much, stopped putting, you know, weaker contacts in play, um, started staying inside the ball more, started, started barreling the ball up to the outfield, and uh, that's that's how the game goes. Was there any added added weight on you because it's a new team and, and obviously you probably want to do well right out of their shoot? I feel like no more than wanting to play well in any given moment. Um, obviously, I want to play well, and I, I think as games started to go on, there was more and more pressure. But right from the get-go, I just wanted to string together quality at-bats, and it, it just wasn't happening. Um, and then 30, 40 at-bats go by, and I'm like, all right, JV, it's time to turn it on. Um, but happy that I was able to do that, and, and hopefully I have more to come. On Sunday, it was you, it was Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez. I think we got an idea of what this lineup could be, and how exciting was that for, for the team to see everyone kind of getting involved? You know, it was awesome. I feel like Ahmed's been having some really good at-bats and some, some tough luck as of late, so it was nice to see the balls that he hits to the outfield fall for him. And then away we went. You know, he gave us opportunities to, you know, drive him in. Um, uh, Ramirez took advantage. I took advantage. Um, and, you know, it seems like if, if we can jump on the board early and, you know, keep them off the board early, you just hand the ball off to the bullpen and let them do their job. So you see this lineup, and, and I'm sure you did some work on it, at least taking a look at it from a, a year ago. Does it get kind of exciting when, when you start to see different pieces coming together? No, it's it's really exciting. I feel like, you know, a lot of the, the guys have only scratched the surface. Like, we're not as hot as we could be offensively. Our, our bullpen's done a great job of winning us games. Our starters have, have kept us in most of all the games that they've started. Um, but when we get going, when, you know, Quan gets going, Rosario keeps going, Ramirez has countless opportunities to drive runners in, um, and if they want to walk them, they can they can deal with me. I, I think that, you know, that's that's the lineup that we envision, you know, really causing problems in this division and across the league. And how about your fit on this team? It, it seems like you've, you've blended in right away, and, and you've been here for a while, it seems like. But uh, how about from your perspective? Oh, it feels great. Um, you know, this, this clubhouse is a young clubhouse. Uh, it's awesome to be in a scenario where after a game – people stick around i've been in clubhouses where people just want to jet and get out but you know cards are still being played they're playing video games in the back um a lot of smiles a lot of cheering um and that's the way it should be you know the baseball is a game and it definitely feels like i'm a little bit younger being on the squad josh thanks a lot for your time appreciate it appreciate you thank you that's josh bell always fun to talk hitting with him and uh, get his perspective as a veteran player and there's not many in that clubhouse has been around a little bit with some different teams and really likes what he's seeing here with Cleveland in his first season with the ball club. Speaking of first times around with the ball club, Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, two young pitchers, both made their major league debuts earlier this week, and we'll visit with both when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Don't go away, folks. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Jim Rosenhouse back with you. It's Guardians Weekly from Fenway Park in Boston. And well, it's been quite a week for two young pitchers in the Guardians farm system who made their major league debuts. First, it was Logan Allen on Sunday with six strong innings in a win over Miami. We caught up with him on Monday, and he talked about his emotions the day after his first big league outing. I, I feel like it still probably hasn't set in. Um, no, it was just awesome, especially to have so much family around and you know feel so much love yesterday. Uh, it was amazing. It was everything I could ask for, but it still probably doesn't feel real, but I'm sure it'll set in here shortly. Watching it from up above, it seemed like you were completely relaxed to start the game. Um, but what was that walk-in from the bullpen like and then being on the mound in the first inning? Yeah, I wanted to make sure on the walk-in from the bullpen I took it all in. Uh, so as soon as I went out there uh, to start the first inning, that it was just about getting out to the mound and throwing my warm-up pitches and getting ready to throw. So uh, I think it was it was good that that walk-out from center field was good for me just to, you know, like I said, take it all in. But... Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was it was everything I needed, everything I could have asked for. Logan, to get to this point, as you work your way up through the minor league system, when does it become a reality to you that, hey, I'm getting close, I think I can get to the major leagues? I would say yeah, just being in AAA last year and, and just seeing how, how much you know guys go up and down, how, ma- how much those transactions happen, I think you, you know definitely seeing that you're right there. So I think that probably that right there was, this, especially this year, having a little bit of success to start the year, knowing that that, po- that possibility is there and uh, just doing everything I can to be ready for it. So I was glad that you know came out yesterday and was ready to go right from the first pitch. Your mom and daddy were here as well as a, a bunch of friends and family. I know you're saying more than you expected, but uh, your brother Hunter was here. What did that mean to you? Oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, just, just for him to be here and, you know, and to see that, you know, he's he's been with me every single off season. you know, every single year of my life training and working, catching my bullpens, doing everything I need. So uh, I think to see all of that work, you know, come to fruition and then and yesterday was, was awesome for him to see and for my whole family as well. But I think he can definitely take a lot of, you know, enjoying the fact that he was a big, a very big step in this process. Logan, nice going. Thanks for coming back. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So what a day for Logan Allen. And then just a couple of days later on Wednesday, Tanner Bybee went through the same exact thing. He's a hard-throwing right-hander, and, man, was his debut on Wednesday something else. A win over Colorado, and just like Logan Allen, he said it, it was a lot to take in, but certainly a day he'll never forget. I mean, it was crazy. Met a lot of new people. Um, met, saw a lot of new faces. I mean, obviously, different stadium than Columbus, but it was a it was a fun day. I mean, it was definitely hectic, and it was definitely it was definitely not, not like a problem, but it was definitely a really quick side to figure it out. But it was it was a fun day. I had a lot of fun. I, you know, it's interesting because I I feel like looking down from up above, yourself and Logan Allen both looked very calm and collected on the mound. Um, was it like that for you, though, in reality when, when you got out there? And, and take us from that walk-in from the yeah. bullpen. Uh, the walk-in from the bullpen is kind of when I really sat in. That and when I came out of the dugout to go to walk out to the bullpen to go start stretching and stuff. Um, those were the, kind of like the emotions started coming in, like, wow, like this is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me in my life. Like probably like number one, number two. Um, and I think when I walked out to the fir- on the first uh, inning, it was – I mean, I, f- I was feeling so many emotions to where I was, like, actively trying to keep them down. And I think I needed to get, like, my feet under me. I needed to, like, get some feeling in my legs. And then after that, I was – after the, I got out of the first inning, it was – I settled in and it felt, felt good. And did it feel just like a, another normal start that you've made throughout your pro career so far? 
I mean, no. Okay. But, I mean, uh, I mean, you see guys in the box like Charlie Blackman, Chris Bryant. I mean, I've been watching those guys on TV for a while and, like, growing up. And some advice people gave me where you, just because you know these people doesn't mean they're some, like, godly beings. Like, they're just baseball players. They went to the same thing as you. Um, and they're trying to they're trying to beat you just as much as you're trying to beat them. So I thought that was a good piece of helpful advice. Shane Bieber is always saying how he's not a finished product yet, and he's been at it for a while now at the major league level. Uh, how about you? What what are you still working on that, that you think you can get better with? Um, I mean, I think every single one of my pitches could get better. I mean, it's like I said, I'm, I'm a rookie. I've pitched one game in the major leagues, and if Shane Bieber's not a finished product, I'm – not even close to a finished product either and I don't think anyone will ever be a finished product until they retire and they might not even be happy with how they ended so I mean I think you ask any one of these guys pitchers hitters are you like perfectly where you want to be they're all going to say no that's what keeps keeps you going every day I think if if we were all perfect I think we would get bored and I think that we would go find some new hobbies so yeah (laughs) well it was a great day on Wednesday I'm sure for you thanks a lot for coming by thank you when you talk about a bright future for both Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen, they were outstanding in their major league debuts, and we'll see if they can carry that through to their next outings. For Allen, that comes on Sunday right here at Fenway Park. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Guardian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio about the two who will be inducted into the Cleveland Baseball Hall of Fame later this summer. That comes your way shortly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Score. Pass. Out of bounds. Those are sports words. Some people hear any sports word and they can't help but listen. Like drive. Drive is another sports word. And drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. You might say those savings are on par with the best in the league. (laughs) You see, par is also a sports word, so I know you're still listening. And that's called covering our bases. Okay, I'm done now. But I'm serious about drivers saving big with Progressive. Now I'm really done. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Two-two pitch. A swing and a long drive. Deep left. Way back. Go! Manny Ramirez has won it. Halfway up the bleachers and left. A two-run homer. On a 2-2 pitch in the 12th. How about these Indians? They win it in 12 innings, 5-4. And when he hit it, he knew it. He just stood at home plate and watched it. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Fenway Park in Boston. And earlier this week, back home at Progressive Field, a great announcement as uh, the Guardians announced that Manny Ramirez, the feared slugger from the 90s, along with Dale Mitchell, who was a big part of those great teams back in the late 40s and early 50s for Cleveland, they will be headed to the Cleveland Baseball Hall of Fame, inducted this coming August the 19th. 
at uh, Progressive Field. They will be honored that night, and uh, it should be a great night with uh, Manny Ramirez in attendance. And we had a chance to catch up with Guardian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio and talk to him about the 2023 class with uh, a lot of discussion on who should go in. And as Bobby D says, they got to a good place. Yes, we did, Rosie. And um, it's always exciting when we can talk about uh, the greats in franchise history. It has been a while since we've uh, had an induction into uh, our Hall of Fame. The 75th anniversary of the 1948 World Series champions, uh, Dale Mitchell, was uh, an integral part of that championship ball club. He was one of the best left fielders uh, in baseball at the time and just felt it appropriate. I think he might be the final piece in the Hall of Fame of somebody from that incredible ball club, that championship ball club. Uh, Dave Garcia our manager back in 1980s, early 80s, would always talk about Rick Manning being a terrific center fielder. But then he'd always add that he wasn't as good as Dale Mitchell, who was probably one of the best out defensive outfielders he had ever seen play. He matched him with Mill- Willie Mays, Duke Snyder, all the great names, Larry Doby, all the great names who played in the outfield um, during that period of time. And Dale would win um, top fielding um, awards, um, you know, most um, put outs and, and fewest errors and the fielding percentage. Um, and I'd always ask Dave, cause I had, thought I knew the history of our franchise and, and I wasn't a hundred percent aware of, of Dale Mitchell. Cause we all knew about all the other greats on that team. And, um, it just stuck with us for all these years. And then when we came upon the anniversary of the world series champion, um, team that, this would be an appropriate year to put uh, Dale Mitchell into the Hall of Fame. And, and maybe it shows it was a different time in baseball than his entire career spent with Cleveland. Entire. Um, Dale Mitchell Jr. and Bo Mitchell, his two sons. Uh, I was actually, Rosie, at the Denver airport, um, snow delay, getting to spring training this year. And Bo Mitchell works with the Colorado Rockies, obviously, you know, that oddly they're here right now. Um, we're playing as we interview, uh, do this interview prior to one of our games against the Rockies. And I thought, you know, on this snowy, cold day, I'm going to call Bo Mitchell. He's a chaplain and was a chaplain for the Colorado Rockies. I said, I'm going to call him and give him some wonderful news and just share with him our, our thoughts and um it was a wonderful conversation. I think they're going to have 20-plus family members come um, for the induction ceremony on August Saturday, August 19th. So that's going to be wonderful. But he, again, one of the guys that didn't get all the fanfare but was an integral part of a championship, World Series championship team. I know you know this stuff. You talked about his defense. Oh, by the way, three times finished in the top five in the American League in batting average. And his career batting average three twelve three twelve so yeah he no he was the bat a little bit too. yeah no he was a great player um, 
known for his defense, but mm-hmm. also a 300 hitter, certainly deserving of Hall of Fame uh, recognition. Bobby D. joining us. We're talking about the 2023 Guardians Hall of Fame class. Dale Mitchell going in, and Manny Ramirez goes in. Uh, gosh, he was such a big part of those great teams and, and had some unbelievable years here in Cleveland. You know, I heard Tito talk about him the other day, um, and the one word he used was a lovable kid. That's what he was when he was here. Uh, just a remarkably likable, lovable young man who was blessed uh, to be a great hitter, but he worked his tail off. That was one thing about Charlie Manuel as their hitting coach, you know, with Albert and Carlos and Jimmy and Manny. They worked hard in those batting cages in early mornings in Winter Haven. And, you know, to become one of the best hitters in the game of baseball, you could argue that Manny Ramirez uh, was one of the best right-handed hitters of his generation. Ken Griffey Jr. from the left side, Barry Bonds from the left side, and I think Miguel Cabrera, I mean, you can you can argue Manny's in that discussion. That's how remarkable uh, Manny Ramirez was with a bat. And Bobby D, he was part of those great teams in the mid-'90s. But he was the young guy, wasn't he? Yeah. It, t- it took him a little bit to, to fit in and, and find his spot. Batted seventh or eighth in the lineup yeah. with Jim Tomey, and, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, he, he like Jimmy, he crept up, you know, into the middle of the lineup to be an impact player. I will never forget the 1999 season where Manny drove in still a single-season record for our franchise 165 runs. He drove in 165 on an offense in 1999, our most prolific offense in our franchise history. In our 103-year American League history, 123-year history in the American League, our franchise has only scored more than 1,000 runs once. That was 1999. He drove in 165 of those runs, um, a remarkable hitter. There was a story, if I may real quickly, Rosie, share with you. Travis Fryman told me uh, a story. Um, When we were sitting in the dugout one day, Travis had announced to just a small group of people that he was retiring. And so I asked him, we going to do one of those big press conferences, you know, in the press interview room. And you, and he goes, no, which didn't surprise anybody that he just wasn't that kind of guy. So I asked him, I said, how about some of the media just meet you in the dugout right now? I'll, I'll grab a number of the, the daily media over and you can explain to them and they can sit on the top steps of the dugout and we can have a nice conversation. He goes, yeah, that would be the way to do it. And while, we sat and talked. I said, give me a story uh, about your time with us. And he goes, oh, Manny Ramirez. And I said, what? And he goes, I was a victim of my regiment, my discipline. When I came off the field, I put my glove 
and my fielding glove and my sunglasses and everything in the same spot in the dugout so I knew exactly where to go get it to get back on the field. Then I'd go get my bat. I always hit behind Manny. One game, I go to the bat rack, and my gamer's gone. And I'm yelling at the bat boys, and I never yelled. And I'm like, where's my gamer? And then I happen to look up, and Manny is using my bat. My bat hits a double off the wall. And he's like, well, I can't go up to bat with the same bat that was just used. This is a little league, so I don't know what to do. So he goes, I grabbed a heavier bat. He goes, I probably used Jim Tomey's bat so I could dribble one to second base to get the runner over. No outs. Manny let off. Get the guy over. He goes, and I did. So the next time up. I run into the dugout, put my stuff down, go grab my bat before Manny could grab it, and I watched him. And he used somebody else's bat. He said he went four for four that day and never used his own bat. He goes, if that doesn't say what kind of remarkable hitter he was, I don't know what does because you know how much we care about our bats. And I just thought that says it right there, just a remarkable uh, hitter in this game of baseball. A wonderful talent. Ended up playing with several other teams after his time in Cleveland, but he will always be remembered as a Cleveland Indian, no question. Yeah, we think so. Um, I'll never forget when after the first draft, number one draft pick, I think 13th player overall. Um, things were a little bit different back then in our player development system. We were out at Baldwin Wallace College with our draft picks. Our first time the draft picks got together and we're uh, taking batting practice and infield practice, and we have the media out there. And my old friend Alan Davis, who was the uh, um, TV guy for Channel 5 and ended up working in our community relations department, bilingual, so he helped Manny in interviews for us uh, with the group and uh, Manny's sitting in the batter's box at Baldwin-Wallace Field, and so the Baldwin-Wallace baseball players are out watching our draft picks, and their coach saddles up to us, and Manny's hitting balls, and he looked at us. He goes, I've never in all my years seen anybody hit a ball where he's hitting them in batting practice, ever. And he's doing it on every swing. He goes, that young man is special. And uh, uh, from day one, he came to Cleveland at Baldwin Wallace College, taking batting practice. We saw something incredibly special with a, a gentleman with a bat in his hands, incredibly special. Well, he will be honored by induction into the 2023 Guardians Hall of Fame class. It will be prior to the Guardians-Tigers game on August the 19th. And Manny will be honored with his own bobblehead. Yes. So that'll be uh, just kind of icing on the cake there from our friends at Medical Mutual. That's a night game on a Saturday in August. And uh, good seats are still available at cleguardians.com. Bobby D., always great to have you along. Thanks for sharing on the Hall of Fame class for this year. Thank you, Rosie. That's Guardian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio talking about the latest inductions for the Cleveland Baseball Hall of Fame. Manny Ramirez and Dale Mitchell going in later this summer that's going to do it for this week's edition of guardians weekly thanks so much for tuning in as always and as always thanks to brian matze for helping to put together our show each week we'll join you next week from back home in downtown cleveland at progressive field until then this is jim rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to guardians weekly on the cleveland clinic guardians radio network
Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.